Welcome to the AJHP podcast series. The American Journal of Health System Pharmacy is the official journal of the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, an association of pharmacists committed to helping patients make the best use of medications. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org. This is William Zelmer, contributing editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy, speaking with Dr. Lisa Moscardo, who is Assistant Director of Ambulatory Care Pharmacy, University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. She's the lead author of a AJHP paper entitled, Development of a Comprehensive Pharmaceutical Care Program for an Underserved Population in the State of Iowa. Lisa, I would appreciate if we began by having you describe briefly the Iowa CARE program that you discuss in this paper and the role of the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics in serving beneficiaries of that program. Of course. Iowa CARE is a program that was designed to sort of fill in the gaps. It serves uh, patients who are less than 200% of the federal poverty level, and it's intended to address patients between the ages of 18 and 65 who don't qualify for Medicaid but also do not have commercial insurance. And the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics is a state institution um, that serves a large number of indigent patients in the state of Iowa. And we were one of the primary providers um, of the Iowa Care Program when it was created in 2005. Mm -hmm. So, is Iowa Care in essence a Medicaid program? It is. It's a Medicaid waiver program. Okay. And how is uh, University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics reimbursed for the care that it provides under Iowa Care? Well, they receive a set appropriation each year, which actually does not cover all of the costs associated with the program. However, the hospital can submit uh, both, both hospital charges and professional charges to Iowa Medicaid that, again, are reimbursed up to a certain limit each year. Medications, however, are not covered on a prescription basis for the program. I see. Lisa, from a pharmaceutical care perspective, what were the main issues in transitioning from the former program to Iowa Care? The former program was administered on a county basis. So all 99 counties in Iowa were issued a set number of papers for patients. And based on that, patients could receive care at UIHC. The new Iowa Care program took away the limitation per county, and also really opened up the enrollment ability for patients seen throughout the state. When, when we went through this transition in 2005, patients who were previously on the state papers program had been receiving a fairly robust medication benefit under that program. We followed our inpatient formulary fairly closely in providing both brand and generic medications for those patients. And when Iowa Care came into existence in 2005, there wasn't really any medication benefit included in the program. So because we knew we could not just stop providing 
critical medications to those patients enrolled, we devised a plan of reviewing all of those medication profiles for the 3,600 patients uh, who had previously been on state papers and determining which chronic medications were critical for them to continue. And we did decide to continue those um, for those particular patients as needed. Mm-hmm. And um, as you developed experience with the program over this first year, did anything change with respect to the pharmaceutical benefit? Yes. So as the program continued through the first year, the enrollment really increased throughout the state. And those new patients who came onto the program really didn't have a any sort of prescription benefit available to them. Our providers um, made it very clear to us that they didn't feel that they could provide adequate care if patients didn't have access to medications or couldn't afford their medications. So during the second half of the first year of the program, we really started evaluating whether or not we could, in fact, provide some sort of medication benefit, despite the fact that it would not be separately reimbursable through Iowa Care. Can you just sort of take us through that decision-making process from the university's perspective? I imagine there might have been a lot of concern about uh, risk to the institution moving in this direction. Yes, there was some. Obviously, the previous program was covered through a state appropriation that was capped on an annual basis, and we did provide medications under that program. When we looked at expanding this under Iowa Care, we weren't really aware at that time the potential for enrollment growth in the program, so we assumed that it would grow somewhat, but certainly not to the extent that it's grown to this point in time. However, we did an analysis of, on average, how many prescriptions those former state patients were on, what the cost of those prescriptions was, and then we took a little bit different approach. We decided, rather than following our previous formulary, why could we do this by providing just generic medications and filling in the gaps with our medication assistance center? We are a disproportionate share hospital. We are able to purchase medications at a fairly reduced rate than our normal non-340B purchasing contracts. So we felt that we could, in fact, control the cost, but we did an analysis to figure out how many patients we might be providing medications for and what that expense would be. And then when we presented that to hospital administration, along with the provider's comments of that they really felt these patients needed to have a medication benefit, they looked at the fact that this, in fact, would probably reduce the number of visits to the emergency room that we were seeing. And as well as hospitalizations because of patients not receiving their medications. Based on all of that information, they did give the approval for us to initiate this program. Now, you mentioned the Medication Assistance Center. Could you just elaborate on that? What is that center and how does it relate to this program? The Medication Assistance Center is a joint effort through our Department of Pharmacy and Department of Social Services. We have a couple of pharmacists and a pharmacy technician working with three or four social workers in the Medication Assistance Center. And their primary goal is to um, help patients qualify for medication assistance programs, where our Iowa Care Prescription Program primarily covers generic medications. Obviously, there are some brand name medications that um, physicians feel their patients do need to be on. 
So we go through the Medication Assistance Center and they help the patients obtain the brand name medications on a chronic basis. That really keeps the cost of our overall program down because we aren't purchasing those particular medications. Lisa, could you comment on when a, uh, a patient enrolled in Iowa Care comes to your institution for seeing a provider? What is that interface like? Is there a, a clearly defined clinic, for example, where they go to? And what is the interface with pharmacists clinically at that point? Yes, we actually do have an Iowa Care clinic where patients come in and receive primary care from um, multiple providers who work in that clinic. Uh, we also have a clinical pharmacy specialist in that clinic who is there to educate patients. Uh, they also do anticoagulation management for appropriate patients in that clinic, as well as generally to help guide the prescribers to make sure that they're choosing you know, a generic medication that would be covered under the program, if at all possible. Patients also interact with pharmacists in our, in our ambulatory care pharmacies. And um, if they do happen um, to be seen in a specialty clinic, for example, outside of our Iowa Care Clinic, our pharmacist will um, obviously do a thorough medication profile review. And if there's medications prescribed that are not covered under the program, they will uh, review the medical records, see if there's an opportunity to change that prescription to something that is covered, and then directly interact with the prescriber to have that conversation. We will also refer patients to our medication assistance center if, in fact, they do need an expensive brand name medication, and that staff will take over the process from there. Well, you've had a good bit of experience now with serving Iowa Care uh, beneficiaries. Could you comment a little bit on what the actual experience has been, perhaps in comparison with some of your initial projections, and including, you know, very pharmacy-specific things, such as medication expenditures, again, compared with uh, some initial projections? When the program first was implemented in 2005, the end of the state papers program had about 3,600 patients in it. And we estimated, based on the different enrollment criteria, that the enrollment in the state may reach about 10,000 patients. Well, to date, obviously seven years later, the state has actually enrolled at one point or another over 72,000 patients. So that's a dramatic increase um, from the original projections. We have not seen quite that number, but we certainly have seen a large number of patients come through our pharmacy. In terms of medication expenditures, this is actually fairly interesting to look back and see that some of the changes we've made in the program have actually decreased our drug expenditure costs since the program first started. The past fiscal year 11, our drug expenses for the program were about $1.3 million in just drug costs. In comparison to back in uh, fiscal year 09, our drug cost was actually double that at $2.6 million. And one of the things that, um, or a couple of things we've put into place since then, we've taken a very strict stance on contract management and making sure that we're using the lowest cost drug available whenever we can. We've also, in FY09, decided to implement a patient copay program. Um, we felt that we started to see concerns of um, patients just kind of 
requesting refills, whether or not they really needed it and some drug stockpiling issues going on. And we really wanted to increase patient accountability in the program. So we implemented a $4 copay on prescriptions. This was capped at $20 per calendar month. And then anything after that, so after those initial five prescriptions in a month, there was no copay. We also implemented a mailing fee because we do see patients or we did see patients all throughout the state. Um, It wasn't really feasible for them to drive to Iowa City to pick up their refills every month. So we were mailing those out to them and we instituted a mailing fee, um, nominal $5 per month um, for them to get their prescriptions to the mail. So that really, um, I think, effectively helped us control our drug cost. Mm-hmm. What can you say about patient outcomes in this program? I think that's an area where we certainly could focus on some data collection, but generally patients in this program, we're doing a good job of keeping them out of the hospital and out of the emergency room by providing their chronic medications. We also know through our diabetes registry that patients are being very well controlled on their diabetes as compared to some of the other areas of our hospital. So it's it's kind of nice to see that with this fairly focused program, we are showing some really positive patient results. As you say in the paper, Lisa, Iowa Care is now moving toward a medical home model for serving the beneficiaries. And uh, the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics is one of four Iowa Care medical homes. Will the other uh, medical homes be providing a pharmaceutical care benefit comparable to what you provide? Not exactly. Again, there's no specific provisions for a pharmacy benefit under Iowa Care. The medical homes that have been created in the state are federally qualified health centers for the most part, and they do have some sort of pharmacy benefit, whether that be through a medication assistance program or a low copay program for their patients. At this point in time, we're actually up to eight medical homes in the state, and all Mm. of them vary in terms of the pharmacy services that they provide. Interestingly enough, the state transitioned to a medical home model, I think partly to improve access to patients. Under the previous non-medical home model, all patients had to come to the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinic or they had to go to Broadlawns Hospital in Des Moines if they were from that particular county. And it was a hardship for patients to sometimes travel five hours one way to come to us for care. But interestingly enough, as we created more medical homes and patients could seek care closer to home, we found that there are still access issues because the new medical homes aren't necessarily prepared to see the volume of patients that are out there. They have different pharmacy benefits. So We've had some patients express concern over the fact that they thought their pharmacy benefit was actually decreasing when they moved to a medical home closer to their home. Strikes me you have sort of a a natural experiment going on here in Iowa with respect (laughs) to how uh, patient outcomes might be affected by the differing pharmaceutical care plans in these eight medical homes. It'd be interesting to look at in the future, yeah. What can you say about any lessons that you've learned from your experience with this program? Any advice for others who might be in a position of planning a program like this? Well, first of all, um, we were able to successfully administer this program primarily because we are a disproportionate share hospital and we are able to purchase drugs at 
at really good prices. But in addition to that, um, it's really critical to have strict formulary management, monitor your purchasing contracts very closely. And then you have to have ways to address the situations that don't quite fall into the guidelines. So how do you address when a patient does need a really expensive medication? And I think our multidisciplinary approach has worked very well working with social services as well as really working closely with the providers in the Iowa Care program to really achieve successful results for these patients. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Lisa. I appreciate you taking time to discuss your AJHP paper. This is William Zelmer, AJHP Contributing Editor. I've been speaking with Dr. Lisa Mascardo, who is Assistant Director, Ambulatory Care Pharmacy at University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. And she's the lead author of a paper entitled, Development of a Comprehensive Pharmaceutical Care Program for an Underserved Population in the State of Iowa. That concludes this podcast. For more information, please visit www.ajhp.org.